Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So several years back, while I was still living up in Tulsa, Oklahoma with my family, and I was still working in the business world, I was driving to work one morning when one of my tires blew out. Now, the highway that I was driving on didn't have much of a shoulder. There was a shoulder, but there wasn't much of a shoulder, and so I decided instead of pulling over, I would just keep on driving until I was able to pull into my parking lot at work and so I just kept on driving on those three Goodwills with that one one blown out tire. Now if you think that's bad, back in 2012 a Czech truck driver was driving in the city of Sanav when he was pulled over by police because he had completely lost one of his front wheels and he was just driving on three wheels not even realizing that one of those wheels was missing. So we're in a series right now titled, Who We Are. And as we're going through this series, we're walking through the different facets of our mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. We are a community church with a kingdom mission, meaning that we are a community of believers, but we are also located here in the community of Stockdale. This is where God has planted us. And because we are located in this community, because this is where God has placed us, our desire is not to keep our focus or our eyes on ourselves. Rather, our desire is to look outward, to take our eyes off of ourselves and to look out into the community of Stockdale, to look out into the surrounding communities and even beyond. This is all part of the kingdom mission that God has given us here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. This is not a a mission of the kingdom of First Baptist Church Stockdale. Rather, this is a kingdom mission coming from the kingdom of God. And so our mission here is rooted in God's word and in his kingdom. So let me pause right here just to remind you once again of this overarching truth that I'm giving you each and every week that I want you to grab hold of. As a church, it is Christ who unites us, and it is a mission rooted and grounded not in our own ideologies, but in his word and in his kingdom that moves us forward in one direction together. And the kingdom mission that this body of believers, that First Baptist Church Stockdale has adopted, is to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. Now, as we think about our mission statement, that, that fourth facet of our mission statement, to go, this call to go, really is a new addition to our mission statement. It was just last fall that our church body at one of our family meetings on a Sunday night voted to add this call to go to our mission statement. And so for several years, you were doing well to, to love, and you were doing well to to grow, and you were doing well to serve. But when the church called me to be your pastor, and and as I began to pray over the mission statement 
that this church had. And, and, and as I began to pray about what God wanted this church to be, not just in the past, but what God wants this church to be in the future, I began to feel like something was missing in that mission statement. It, it felt like we were driving on three good wills and we were missing that, that fourth wheel. And so I believe that this call to go is that fourth will for us to, to complete our mission so that we can be exactly who God has called us to be long into the future. And so this, this call to go is a necessary addition because as we think about our call to love, as we love God and as we love others, it doesn't only compel us to, to grow in our walks with him and to grow in our walks with Christ. And our love for God and our love for others isn't only going to compel us to, to serve God and serve others, but really our, our love for God and our love for others is also going to compel us to go out from this building and to take the good news of Jesus Christ, to take the gospel with us, and to begin to share this gospel with those that might know it, not know it, so that they can also come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ so that their lives can be transformed by that same power that has transformed our lives so that they can know and love Jesus as well. And so as we think about our mission statement, we had three good wheels, but we needed this fourth wheel to truly complete who God has called us to be here at First Baptist Church, Stockdale. And so we began our look at our mission statement back in January, and we've looked at our call to love, we've looked at our call to grow, and we've looked at our call to serve, and today we're going to launch into our look at our call to go. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at verses 16 through 20 today. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now, as you're turning there, some of you may already recognize this as the Great Commission. And we're turning to the Great Commission today because as we think about our call to go, our call to go begins with the Great Commission. Our call to go begins with the Great Commission. Uh, a few weeks ago, when, when we looked at our call to grow, I said that our call to grow begins with God's Word when we looked at our call to serve, I said that our call to serve begins with unity among the body. And so as we're looking at our call to go, our call to go begins with the Great Commission. And as we think about the Great Commission, this was the last command that Jesus spoke to his disciples. These were some of the final words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. So prior to ministry, uh, and, and even before I was fully in the business world, I, I worked in customer service for several years, working at a movie theater and then in the Walmart photo lab and then also for a rental car company. I worked in customer service. And one of the things that I learned in customer service over the years is that really the, the, the final touch is just as important as the first touch with the customer, the, the final contact, the, the final things that you say to a customer is just as important as the first thing. Really, the first contact and the final contact have the, the ability to make a lasting impact on a customer. 
And, and this is true as we think about our own faith and as we think about our study of Scripture. The, the first and the last words have made a lasting impact. Think about it. Some of the most important words that we cling to every year are those first words that were spoken after Jesus was born. We recall these words every single year. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah? The Lord. And so every Christmas we come back to those words and we are reminded once again of these first words that have made a lasting impact on us as believers. But then as we look at the Great Commission, the, these final words that Jesus spoke ha have made a lasting impact on the disciples and on the church. Because these are not just words spoken by Jesus, but these are instructions. This is a command given to the disciples and to the church. And so the first and the last words are, are very important. And as we think about the, the first and the last words that were spoken, the first words that were spoken after Jesus was born, and then these final words that were spoken just before Jesus ascended, I, I want you to see the parallel between these two statements. Because when, when Jesus was born, those first words that were spoken was the angels telling the shepherds that the Messiah had come, that the Savior had come. And just before Jesus ascended, his final words were telling the disciples, go tell everyone else that the Messiah has come, that the Savior has come. With that in mind, let's read this passage this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. It says, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as we look at this passage this morning, I want to highlight those words in verse 17 says, when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. In this record, we see something very real and raw. That encountering the resurrected Jesus caused some to, to respond and worship, but it caused others to doubt. For those that began to worship, they, they worshipped because there was this certainty. They knew that Jesus had died, but they, they were certain that he had risen again. And so standing before them was the resurrected Jesus, complete in his victory over death in the grave. And so as this resurrected Jesus stood before them, they responded in worship. And maybe that's where you find yourself today. Maybe you are certain of the resurrected Jesus. You are certain that Jesus both died for you and, and rose again. And, and you realize this eternal impact that both his resurrection, his death and resurrection has made on your life. You're certain of this. And so in your certainty today, as, as you're reminded of these truths, then let me just encourage you to allow these truths to bring your heart back to worship once again. Allow these truths to to cause your heart 
to praise today, just as those disciples stood before the resurrected Jesus and, and they worshiped. Would you allow your heart to be filled with worship once again today? But there were some that were there that doubted. It's not that they didn't want to believe that, that Jesus had died and risen again, but, but they were there and they saw Jesus crucified. They saw him placed in the tomb. They, they knew that he was buried. Now, the disciples had seen Jesus appear to them actually on multiple occasions before his, his ascension. But this is still such an amazing thing to grasp that that someone would die and, and come back to life and so here Jesus is standing before them but but they're not drawn to worship it's kind of like they're saying is this really happening or is this too good to be true and so my, maybe maybe they wanted to believe but they were still struggling with some doubts but but what I want to point out about these disciples is that even though there may have been some doubts in this moment, they didn't stay in their doubts. Because what scripture and what history tells us is that almost every single one of these disciples following this command, following Jesus' ascension, almost every single one of these disciples went on to faithfully proclaim the good news and they were killed for it. Almost every single one of the disciples stood firm in their faith in the resurrected Jesus, even to the point of their death. And this is what I would say. You don't die for something you doubt. You don't die for something you doubt. Now, you may be willing to argue your point, even if you may have some doubts. I know this because I'm married, right? You may be willing to argue your point even if you have some doubts, but if you're going to be put to death, you're going to make sure that you know what you are arguing for, that you know what you're standing for is true because you don't die for something you doubt. So maybe some of the disciples had some doubts as they stood before the resurrected Jesus, but they didn't stay in their doubts. They, they moved past their doubts and they moved to that place of certainty that Jesus did die and that Jesus did rise again and that he had given this command. And so maybe that's where you find yourself today. Maybe doubt is where you find yourself today. Maybe, maybe you just struggle with, with this idea that, that God would send his son into this world to die on the cross for your sins. And not only that, but that, that this son, Jesus Christ, rose again, came back to life, defeating both death and the grave. Maybe for you, that's just too good to be true. Maybe, maybe it's just hard to believe. And so, so maybe you're struggling with some doubts today. And if that's you, I would say, that's okay. You're not alone. But I would also say this. Don't stay in your doubts. Don't allow your doubts to prevent you from knowing and receiving the resurrected Jesus into your life. Don't let your doubts prevent you from worshiping the one and the only one that has ever died and risen again for you. Don't stay in your doubts today. Rather, today, let me encourage you to, to allow God's word 
to become alive to you, that you would hear his word and that you would allow for God's word to take root in your hearts, that you might move beyond your doubts, that you might move to a certainty of belief that Jesus died and rose again for you. Now, as we look at his word today, with a certainty of belief that that these are words spoken to the disciples by the resurrected Jesus, and as we continue to consider our call as individuals, as believers, but also as a church, as we continue to consider this call to go, then there are three things that I want us to pull from this passage. First, Jesus has given us a mission with authority. Jesus has given us a mission with authority. How did Jesus start out this command? By saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has given us a mission with authority. Understand, when Jesus gave this command to the disciples, and even as as we read these commands today, as he gives this command to us through the power of his word, he does so with authority. And, and, and this is more, this isn't just any authority. He does so with all authority. He does so with a complete authority. In fact, this is the most superior authority because as Jesus speaks this command, as he gives this commission, he does so with the authority of God himself. And so there are really two questions that we need to ask as we consider this command, as it applies to our lives as individuals, but also as it applies to this church body. The first question is, have you allowed Jesus to be the complete authority in your life? Have you allowed Jesus to be the complete authority in your life? Have you allowed him to be the superior authority in your life? In other words, as an individual, are you daily submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ? Are you daily allowing Jesus to be the ultimate guiding authority in your own life? And the answer to this question really begins with salvation. It begins with coming to that place of recognizing that, yes, Jesus did die for me and he did rise again. And it, 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 it starts at this place of, of turning from our sins and turning to the resurrected Jesus and allowing him to forgive us and to be the Lord of our lives. But the answer to this question also goes beyond just coming to Jesus for salvation. This, this goes beyond simply saying a prayer and, and walking an aisle and, and getting baptized. All of those are important steps in our lives as we submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, but really those are just first steps in our lives. As we think about a, a baby that, that stands up for the first time and begins to take those first steps, what a, what a joyous thing that is to be able to watch our children begin to take those steps. But, but as a child takes those first steps, the walking doesn't suddenly stop. If you know, as a parent, man, that's when it all begins, right? Those first steps happen and then psh, they're gone, right? And so as believers, we take those first steps of salvation, but the steps don't stop. We are called to continue to take steps, to submit 
to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We are to daily submit to his Lordship. It's not just something that, that we do one time. Each and every day when we wake up, we submit once again to the Lordship and the authority of Jesus Christ. And so have you, have you allowed yourself to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ? Are, are you daily submitting to his authority that, that you might lay aside your desires that you might surrender to his desires? And this is what happens when you come to that place that you are daily submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. When you are surrendering your desires over so that you can surrender to his desires. That, that, that you might begin to walk in his desires. This is what happens. You will begin to see your life on mission for him. Because when you daily submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. When you submit to his authority what happens is his desires be become your desires. You begin to desire what he desires. And so if Jesus has commanded us to go and to make disciples, if that's what his desire is for us, then as we submit to his lordship and authority, then we begin to notice, man, that's my desire too. I want to go and make disciples just as he has commanded me to. So the first question is, have you allowed Jesus to be the complete authority in your life? But then really the second question has to be, is Jesus the complete authority in our church? Are we as a church body submitting and surrendering to his authority in this church? Now I can't answer that first question for you. Only you can answer whether or not you as an individual are submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But I can answer this second question because as your pastor, it is my desire to lead this church to submit to the authority, to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is why just a few weeks ago when we looked at our call to serve, I, I said that there is only one head in the church and it's not me. There, there's only one head of the church, and it's not the pastor. It's not your growth group leaders, Sunday school teachers. It's not the committee leaders. There's only one head in the church, and that head is Jesus Christ. And so as your pastor, it's my desire to, to lead this church to fully surrender, to fully submit, not to any human authority, but to fully submit, to fully surrender to the authority of Jesus Christ but as we think about these two questions and as we think about the answers to these questions really these questions go hand in hand with one another because if you are submitting as an individual as a believer if you are daily submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your own life if you are daily submitting to his authority as an individual, what that means is that when we come together as a church body, when we do gather together, we are going to submit to his authority as a church. We are going to submit to his authority as one body. If we're doing this as individuals, we're going to do this when we come together. This is why it's important for a church to be made up of individuals that, that 
don't just have the same likes and dislikes, but that we have the same Lord and that we are submitting to his authority and to his lordship as individuals so that when we do come together, we can submit to his lordship as a body together. So Jesus has given us a mission with authority. Second, Jesus has given us a mission for all disciples. What does verse 16 tell us? The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Jesus has given us a mission for all disciples. Now, there were times in Scripture where Jesus just called a few of the disciples to do something. We see Peter, James, and John asked to go a little bit further into the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus as Jesus was going to pray before the cross. Peter, James, and John, they were also the disciples that were invited to, to witness the transfiguration of Jesus. But when it comes to the Great Commission, Jesus didn't pick and choose which disciples he was going to give this commission to. Rather, he gave this mission to all the disciples. All 11 disciples were present. The only one that wasn't there was Judas, and, and we know why Judas wasn't there. And so, Jesus doesn't pick and choose which disciples to give his mission to. Today, Jesus is not picking and choosing which disciples to give this great commission to. Rather, today, Jesus is still speaking this same commission to all his disciples. We are all called to be on mission. Now, this is important for us to understand because I think it's very easy in our world and in our culture for us to begin to think that this mission is only for those vocational ministers like pastors, traveling evangelists, or, or missionaries. But Jesus didn't gather the pastors to give this great commission to. He didn't gather the evangelists or the missionaries to give this great commission to. Scripture tells us the disciples were gathered. Now, now, they did go on to proclaim the good news of Jesus, as I already said, even unto death. But that was not a prerequisite for this mission. This was a result of the mission. And today, that is still not a prerequisite for the mission. You don't have to be a vocational minister in order to receive this mission. But the result will be that you go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ because this mission is for all disciples. So there are two implications here. The first implication is that this mission is for you. This mission is for you. If you are a follower of Christ, if you are a disciple, then this command, this great commission, is not just for the ministers. This mission is for you. And this is what I believe. God has strategically placed you right where he wants you so that he can now use you for his mission and his kingdom. If you have a pen, you can write that down so you can remember it. God has strategically placed you right where he wants you so that he can now use you for his mission and his kingdom. It's important for us to remember this because Wherever God has you, God has called you to be on mission there. Wherever God 
has you. God has called you to be on mission for him there. If you work in schools, if you work in administration of schools, if you are students, then God has called you to be on mission for him in those schools. If you work in the healthcare industry, God has called you to be on mission in those doctor's offices and in the hospitals. If you work in the business world, then God has called you to be on mission for him in those businesses. Wherever God has you, God has strategically placed you right where he wants you so that he can now use you for his mission and his kingdom. You see, this mission that Jesus gave to all disciples is a mission for you. The second implication is that this mission is for this church. This is why this was a necessary fourth wheel for our mission statement. Because as we look at the Great Commission, this Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples, he was giving a mission for all disciples and for all churches for all time. This mission is for all disciples and all churches for all time. Now God God could have chosen to use any method to grow his kingdom, but it's his desire and his choice to use his disciples to accomplish this mission and for his disciples to gather together through the local church to be on mission together that we might see his kingdom grow. So Jesus has given us a mission with authority. Jesus has given us a mission for all disciples. Finally, this morning, Jesus has given us a mission of action. Jesus gave four very active words in this command. Go, make, baptize, and teach. Jesus has given us a mission of action. Understand, we are to be actively on mission. We are to be actively on mission. So we're at the tail end of spring break for for Stockdale and some of these surrounding districts. And so this has been a time for teachers and and students to, to take a break from school. But as we think about... I saw someone rejoicing over there. You got to go back tomorrow. I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is, as we think about being a disciple, even though we may take a break from work at times, we never take a break from being his disciple. We never take a break from being on mission for his kingdom. So let me pause right here and say this. Our mission as his disciples, begins at salvation and it ends when our work is complete and we are standing in his presence. It always continues. We never take a break from being his disciple, from being on mission. And so what this means is that that we must begin intentionally viewing where we live, our homes, and our workplaces, and our community, not, not simply as a place where we live or where we work, but we need to begin viewing these places as where God has placed us to actively be on mission for him. And as a church, 
We must be committed to actively being on mission here in this community where God has placed us, but also wherever God might lead us to go. Whether it's in this country or whether it's around the world, we must always be willing to be actively on mission for him wherever he might lead us until our work is complete and we are standing in his presence. And here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, we are committed to submitting to his authority and we are committed to, to constantly, actively being on mission. We are committed to going wherever he might call us to because this is who we are. Now, before I close, let me remind you that before you can be on mission for Jesus Christ, first you must submit to him as your Lord. Jesus first has to become the Lord of your life. And if you've never allowed Jesus to become the Lord of your life, then I want to invite you to respond this morning. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your opportunity to respond today. And maybe you're here today and you would say, that's me. I've never given my life to Christ. But today, you have a certainty that Jesus died for your sins and that he rose again. And today, you're ready to make him the Lord of your life. If that's you, as we sing this last song, I would invite you to respond. I'm going to be standing right down front. Step out of your seat as we sing and come and join me down here. Today can be the day that you make Jesus the Lord of your life, that you receive salvation. Now, maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ. I've taken that step, but I've never made my faith in Christ public through baptism. As we think about following Jesus as the Lord of our life, this is something that Jesus commands us to do. And so if we are going to walk in obedience to him, then a step we need to take as his disciples, as his followers is baptism and so if you've given your life to christ but you've never taken that step of baptism by immersion then i would invite you to respond as well let's make that commitment together today maybe you're here and you would say i've given my life to christ and i have been baptized by immersion and, and i've been visiting first baptist church stockdale and, and i know that god's calling me, me to make this my church home as as we've been looking at our mission together you know that god's calling you to be on mission with this church body if that's you then i would invite you to respond as well we can talk and pray and today you can become a member here at first baptist church whatever it is that god's calling you to do in these final moments i would encourage you to respond obediently would you stand with me right now and let's go to the lord in prayer together Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week. Thank you.